Getting the early numbers could be the key to success when betting on the NFL. That's why we're here to react to the pinnacle openers and analyse where the market might move. Welcome to the opening line. Hello and welcome to another episode of the opening line. Week 14 is in the books and it's time to look ahead to week 15 and some of those early numbers on the board at Pinnacle. We're back to three guests today on the show. A welcome return to Rufus Peabody and, of course, Andy Molitor and Eric Eager are with us as well. Um, Rufus, glad to have you back. I'll, I'll start with you. How was how the week been from a, an NFL betting perspective? So NFL, it's funny that the two the two games I sort of brought up on on the Bet the Process podcast last week were um, like in Arizona and like in Baltimore, and those won. But um, it was still probably my worst or one of the worst NFL betting weeks for me. I, I I got some good numbers later in the week, and sometimes sometimes uh, maybe I should just. I mean, I feel like I got really good prices on some things. Like I took like, I guess the other winner was Miami plus seven at even money. Um, but I got, <laughs> wait, Andy, Andy yes. Uh, we Drew and I went back and forth on that. I think uh, we couldn't decide who deserved to win that bet. I don't know if your, if your breakdown has an actual, like, because he had plus seven and a half and I feel like he deserved it, I guess, for getting a good number. But it, it, it felt like, Six and a half betters almost deserve to cash their bet too. It was just end of game variance. Oh if you, yeah, if you, I mean, who was better? I mean, like, like Kansas City, like clearly in game grades. I think they were what I have them like twelve points better. I mean, mm-hmm. Miami was a plus seventeen in turnover expected points added, plus seventeen in one game. The but, uh, that helps. The it, Chiefs. The Chiefs are one. If, if Miami makes the playoffs, the Chiefs are one of two teams the last decade to turn the ball over four times on the road against a playoff team and win. That's a very specific statistic. Yeah. I, What's their ATS cover the next week? I, look, I... <laughs> Give me some trends. I only look backwards with, with trendy stuff like that. Forwards is just a net recipe for disaster. But, like, it was funny, right? Like, they should have probably lost the game if they weren't like that much better than the dolphins, you know, but, and to your point, Rufus, they are that much better than dolphins and they sort of played like it other than the noisy stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I also was ended up loading up on Cincinnati. I think a lot of sharp, like just because the numbers I was getting, I mean, I got, I got, I was getting, I got plus three and a half there um, laying a little bit of extra juice, but at a time when that was like, well, off market and I actually liked the, I mean, I like that. I kind of lean that side anyway. Um, Played a little Minnesota plus seven and a half. Um, I feel like you should have got that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean Tampa, Tampa played down too, but boy, when it just ten points worth of kicks, that sucks. I had a little Las Vegas. Basically, the stuff like I added a little New Orleans minus seven juice, like on Saturday. I mean, basically everything I added. Um, San Francisco, Pittsburgh. Like I got good prices. Um, they didn't win. Sounds like a, a busy week. Um, a festive Eric Eager. How was the week for you? <laughs> I think my favorite one of the. I, I was with you, Rufus, on Arizona. I thought that the Giants were just you were you were buying them at the or selling them at the very uh, top of the market, and you were buying Arizona. I mean, Arizona hadn't won a game not on a hail mary in like two months, right? So you you were buying, and Arizona didn't even play that well. Uh, you know, they they basically got a couple turnovers. They they stalled out in the red zone a bunch. Um, but Daniel Jones, without any sort of movement skills, it's not you know is not going to be a recipe for success. Um, and then the other one that I really liked, and you know, even at I, I took it all the way up to minus two and a half, even though it closed at two. As I like Buffalo, I thought the Buffalo was, you know, when you 
when you think about and Rufus, this is something we disagree on, I guess, numerically is like, I actually think wide receiver is one of, or se- creating separation is one of the, like the two most important traits in all of football. And what we saw in that game was, you know, Buffalo couldn't protect the quarterback. The quarterback wasn't throwing the ball into the ocean really in the first half of the game. And they said, okay, in the second half, we're just going to, we're going to make Stefan Diggs win in two and a half seconds or less and get rid of the football and see what happens. And I feel like top end receiver play can really, uh, you know, overcome a lot of those things. And we saw that in Buffalo. Now the, obviously the tricky thing, and I think this is where the, 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 the genesis of our disagreement here is how do you divvy up that credit? Like, it's sort of like, we know what we is, we know what it is when we see it, we know in Buffalo, it's more the receivers and we know in Kansas city, it's probably more the quarterback, but like in that game, I, you know, Steelers were down players in secondary and the bills just like, I think really leaned into the wide receiver position and eventually like, you know, uh, pay dividends for them. Um, And so you make a good point um, with, with Diggs and certainly, in this game that that turned out to be the case, but, you know, with all the data you have at your disposal um, with pro football focus, you know, I I would tend to think you're probably right on this. What I looked at was basically the study I did was, I should say Kate and I did was back like eight years ago, we were looking at essentially value over replacement for wide receivers based on it, um, based on receivers being injured and, and fill in backups coming in and how much, how much that ended up hurting the teams overall. Um, So, so, that was just looking at the, I guess, the whole range across the, like the range of starters. And so um, saying that the average effect is low doesn't necessitate that the, the extremes can be quite high, I guess. Yeah. Also, but I, but I think also it's the fact that like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're right. Like it's hard. it, It is hard to sort of break down. Well, what's the wide receiver versus what's the system versus what's the quarterback. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you guys talked about that on the, on your podcast too. Such a hard it's insofar as coaching, like it's, it's just extremely hard to untangle all those um, in, in a game of football. That's why the plus minus models in football are all trash because there's not enough data to, to really uh, untangle any of that. Yeah. Andy, people that try to treat football like baseball are going to have a bad time. There's just too many <laughs> going on at one time, you know? Yeah. Do you want to uh, do you want to finish our roundup, Andy? How was the the last weekend for you? Any sort of key takeaways? Was it was it good? Was it bad? Sort of break even? How'd you get on? Yeah, Arizona. Everybody on Arizona. That was a nice spot. Uh, easy, and that that was one too where they just kept going down. They played bad. Like Arizona didn't play but, that well. They they just kept kicking field goals. They couldn't finish drives. I mean, the the Giants' defense has played up here, but it was one of those where I didn't even care. I'm like, I I don't think the Giants are going to do anything today. Like the Arizona can win this 10 nothing right now. It just, it never felt like it was in doubt. I guess, you know, I, I shouldn't say played bad. They won the game. They scored quite a few times. It was just uh, maybe some red zone variance there, but uh, that one felt good. Yeah, Daniel Jones, we talked about that last week. Drew and I, with if his hammy isn't right, he might be a bad quarterback. Like that takes away <laughs> a big chunk of his game. Those designed runs have been great all year. And it was, that was one that came to fruition. My worst one, my worst beat probably was uh, – it wasn't a bad beat, but it felt ugly. It was the Minnesota-Tampa over. Just all the missed kicks, all the missed opportunities there. I felt like there should have been more points there. Second halves were good, and last night was a lot of fun. We took a second half over, and both teams covered that by themselves, which we had no idea that was coming. That game got out of hand in a hurry. What did you – I took that second half over as well, and I have Jeff Ma was on it also. 
Um, actually, I mostly took it. I leaned there and I took it because he liked it. But what did you like so much about it? The the number. Without like, giving away the tickets we, we weren't watching the live numbers and we thought it was going to come in higher. And we were saying, you know, if this comes in too high, maybe an under. And then it's like 23 and a half. And there was a point where we're getting plus money on 23 and a half overs. And yeah. Kind of have to play this at this point. Like it's just, it's a little too low. And then just bing, bang. And it was funny. We had the conversation when they missed the kicks. Like, are we going to get screwed out of this on missed <laughs> extra points? And little did we know, like an hour later, there'd be 40 some points scored. You, you guys knew 24 is divisible by six too. So you're, you're yep. fine. Just get there the hard way. Right, let's uh, let's get on to some of the games this week. Um, first up on the board, we've got the LA Chargers at the LA Raiders. Um, this one opened up at minus three on the Raiders, and a bit of action's actually pushed them out to minus three and a half. A couple of points have come off the total. It, it did open at a big 55. It's now dropped down to 53. Uh, a slight lean back to the over, but not enough to move it back just yet. I think the Raiders, I mean, there's kind of been a couple of instances where they've looked all right, but then they've looked really bad in, in other spots as well. There's not really much to play for for the Chargers, but uh, an interesting divisional matchup, I guess. Um, Eric, you can you can kick us off with this one. What do you make of the numbers here? Uh, I think it's more or less spot on. I mean, when the when the um, when these teams played in LA, it was, I believe. Raiders minus one when it closed and the, the Raiders needed a drop touchdown pass on the last play of the game to, to win that football game. I, I'm the, the only thing about the Raiders that frustrates me is that I have an under seven and a half wins ticket. And I feel like that should have, that should have been a winner and it's probably not going to be um, the Raiders have much like they did last season, won a lot of close games and kind of gotten blown out um, when they stepped, stepped up in class at times. So uh, like they did last week against Indianapolis. So I don't know. I, I can't make much of the rate. Their defense is just an, an atro- atrocious. So if Justin Herbert can come to play, I think that that, you know, that, that, that they should be able to keep it close. But then on the other side of the coin, the Chargers just do things that are inexplicable on the regular. So it, this is going to be a weird one. Wait, I just want to say, you, you said they, they get blown out when they step up in class. We're talking about a team that has beat the Saints, the Chiefs. beat the Chiefs, Beat the Browns. I mean, uh, they yeah, they, that's they, true. they've won. They've won the games that they're not supposed to, and they've lost some of the games you would think that they maybe would have, could have won. Yeah, that's true. I guess I, I'm I'm I guess I'm resulting based basically just on last week and and a season ago when they you know one of the reasons I really liked the under bet this year um, was because last season they were a seven and nine team where if you look at the Pythagorean and you look at the fundamentals, they're probably more like a five and a, five and 11 team. So maybe that narrative is more close to last year. I mean, you do have, uh, you know, not a multiple score loss to Buffalo, but Buffalo was up by multiple scores late in that game. You also have a, a two score loss to new England, a three score loss to Tampa Bay um, and, and then getting blown out by Atlanta uh, in that mix. But you're right. I mean, they have had good performances too. They have beaten, uh, Kansas City and hung with Kansas City uh, in, in both of those games. It's not exactly right. a step up in class against the Chargers, Rufus, but do you think they're good for the minus three and a half? So I took it at minus three. I, I make the line close to um, almost, uh, well, almost minus six. Um, yeah, they've been, the Raiders have been bad the last few games. The last three games, they're what, negative 7.7 in their average game grades. And I think going before that, the first 11 weeks, they were, um, Plus three point three. Wait, does that math even work? Yeah, I guess there've been how many games did it? Yeah, they had a bye week in there somewhere. Um, but but the last three games, I mean, they're they're negative thirty three turnover points there. I mean, that's part of you know the blowout to 
um, I believe it was the blowout um, against the Falcons. Uh, but you know, it's 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 hard to it's hard to w- like win, let alone keep a game close when you're when you're on a, losing more than ten points a game average on turnovers, um, unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I, I still think like even though even though this is recent um, and it is more you know indicative of who they are than than three weeks early in the season. Um, remember, like we still can't throw out, you know, who they have been. And, um, I think, but, uh, Josh Jacobs didn't play last week, did he? No, he played against yeah, no, he, he, was, he was just joking. On okay. Twitter. I was like, I saw some Instagram thing. With, was I, was just like, what the I was like, I thought I saw him. I swear. I thought, but, yeah. He's just being okay. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. By the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and I'm just low on the chargers also. I mean, let's see They're I, I don't, they have not had an above average game grade in their last six games. Basically they've been, um, yeah, they're I'm trying to see what my note says. It says plus fifth plus 15 turnover points. The last six games too. So they've gotten a little bit, I can't read my own handwriting. They've been a little bit fortunate in turnovers there too, but I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm low on the chargers. Um, and I think the Raiders, I, I think I'm buying them low essentially. What about yourself, Andy? Anything on the Raiders? Yeah, the I've, I've had to downgrade the Chargers a little, although I'm I'm treating the Raiders with a, a bit of trepidation based on just uh, some sketchy results they've had here and there. So, uh, yeah, they're like the Bizarro Raiders. Like, like uh, Rufus brought up, they win these games against some good teams. They've lost some other games. It's it's been a it's been a weird deal with them. I can't get on the right side of their totals. Their defense stinks. Uh, the chart, and then this is another one where I probably will just stay away because my numbers are closer to market than Rufus's. And then we had some some injuries there on the Chargers offensive line that I'm a bit worried about. And then you've had, you had like two concussions for the Raiders. Concussions in short weeks aren't great because it's harder to get those guys cleared out. And especially, I got to check on, and maybe one of you guys knows if Farrell's shoulder is feeling better. If uh. If we're going to be missing some players on the offensive line for the Chargers, I'd like Clellan Farrell playing. I think he's probably going to be okay, but a lot of injury stuff here. Not excited about late season Thursday night football at all. Anything for you guys on the total? I agree uh, with the move down. I mean, yeah, but you, 55? 55? Yeah. 55? Damn, I, how did I miss that? But, I mean, the... At some point, though, if this gets down, I mean, at what point do you guys bet the over? Because I think, you know, the Raiders' defense is awful, and the Chargers have played two, was it two consecutive or, or two or three consecutive under games when they, you know, historically, you know, for the most of the season had played over games. Um, does that does that play in? I mean, eventually, you got to think that Herbert gets gets a little well here after a couple bad weeks in a row. All right, I think, Eric, you probably hit the nail on the head when you said it's just going to be a weird game. It will be an interesting one to watch, but we'll we'll get on to the, the Buffalo Bills at the Denver Broncos. And um, this one is minus five on the, on the Bills despite traveling to Denver. I think a few people like that number. They did move off the, the minus six and the total's gone up 48 to 50. Eric, you said it as well. You talked about the Bills last week before the Steelers. It, it looked pretty easy. Not the, the best Steelers that, that they can be or, or anywhere close to it, really. Um, a lot of love for for Josh Allen and his team so far this season. Good to, to or interesting to see how well they do. Andy, I'll start with you with these. Is it is it interesting on the bills or, or is it priced up too well? 
Yeah, the move the move I missed it, I guess. I know some smart people that got Buffalo early. Denver with the buoy suspension and the injuries in the defensive backfield. Now an, uh, another one. Um, what is it? Duke Dawson. I think even if you're getting some pieces back, they're just cycling injuries through this defensive backfield. And you can say, well, like, you know, the, there were some injuries for Pittsburgh too. Pittsburgh's defense was a lot better. I mean, just as a baseline with everybody healthy than what Denver had, even, you know, let's say Priest or when the season started after they got some of those injuries out of the way. So, I mean, the way this is trending, that's fine. Like laying the points, there'll be a buyback point, I'm sure, if this if this ticks to seven. But, yeah, the people that got the early Buffalo number are looking good because just Josh Allen, if he sets his feet and plays like a, like a normal – human who understand I've, I've had this conversation with people before it's like i get it when you don't set your feet if you're constantly under pressure but he's had these moments where he's he's not under any pressure he's just rolling and he doesn't take the time to get his feet in the right position and he overthrows somebody in the end zone just by like five yards for no reason and i feel like he's starting to correct that we've seen a lot better play from him and a, a defense i was hard on for most of the year has been playing up a little so yeah I, I can't get involved at this point, but Buffalo and pr- I mean, probably the over as well that uh, I agree with the, I agree with the moves and I won't be on this one. Eric Rufus, were you one of the, the smart guys that got in on the bills early? No, nah, not me. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I, I'd have to look and see. Um, I, the thing here though, I mean, basically, I mean, the, the hard part is Denver is the one remaining home field advantage. Right. And, and, as much as, as much as the Steelers are a good defense, um, you know, and and the, the Broncos have are missing some players there. Fangio has done a pretty good job of limiting uh, opposing offenses at, at times this year. Um, so you know, Kansas City just a couple weeks ago held them to what twenty two. Um, you know, last week I think you know most of the Panthers, uh, you know, success was late uh, and, and sort of not garbage time, but later in the game. Um, they, they could give Allen some fits here and, you know, right now on pinnacle it's seven. I mean, it's an expensive seven, but you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think Buffalo is the side if it's all the way to seven. I concur there. I don't think, I mean, I, if anything, I would lean, um, the direction of Denver. I, I make it, I make it five. So, you know, if it's a true, if it gets to a true seven, I'd play it, but I'm probably just going to abstain. All right, well, I'll, I'll get us on to our next game. Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay uh, Packers. And this one, I think it went in a little too high from the pinnacle trades at minus nine. It's dropped down to an eight, uh, eight and a half, sorry. The total's sticking on the, the opening mark of 51. Division's wrapped up for Green Bay, looking for number one seed in the conference. I think Rodgers is is looking good at, obviously, helped by Devontae Adams um, and how consistent he's been. Nine is probably too much for the market. Rufus, did you did you get in early on this one, or, or is there any interest at all? So there is interest. I haven't played it yet. It's it's one I, I like the Green Bay side a little bit, but I think it. You know, I, I want to see if it if it drops down. I don't really see much risk that it gets to double digits. Um, I, I'm I'm not super high on Carolina. They've been they've been a you know pretty average offense, but their defense has struggled big time. But but Green Bay has been. I mean. They're, they've been they're the number one pass offense in the league um, according to my numbers and that's I mean I would say if you could be you know that that's probably the most important thing to be good at um, so they've they've risen pretty quickly in my numbers even though I went you know I, I was like many people on the analytics side I was not particularly high on them coming into the season but um, I like them in this spot 
Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in the NFL right now per our war metric. Um, and it, it's actually not as close as like Mahomes is to uh, I think it's Wilson or, or or even Deshaun Watson. I mean, Rodgers is avoiding mistakes in a in in an unprecedented way, and that's you know the the hard part is is we just and we saw it this week is like can you lay more than a touchdown with that defense? Because I think that that defense is um, especially bad. And you know while defense doesn't matter that much um, when it comes to like being able to like Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers have sort of been plucky at the end of games uh, trying to, you know, in terms of being able to move the football uh, and stay, you know, they don't get blown out as much. Um, so this one's, this one's tough. I'd rather take the green Bay Packers in like a teaser at like minus two and a half than I would, um, you know, lay, lay the points with them. My language, Eric Drew made a pretty good case for Carolina. If you could get a nine or better, and I don't, I don't hate it, but at the same time, the way that pass offense is working right now against some of these secondary pieces, and you could say, well, they, they clinched the division, they're fat and happy. But, I mean, there there is no greater reward than the one seed right now, if you can grab that. And remember I was talking to you about some of the breakdowns we had with, uh, you know, the tiebreakers. And if, if the Rams and Saints – win out the saints would have the tiebreaker based on like common opponent record. I'm not sure in green Bay, but I think, I think green Bay would, the way their schedule flushes out here. Like if, if you're not shooting for that one seed, what are you doing here? Like make, yeah. make the playoffs come through Lambeau in January. That's, that's a big advantage. Even if we're not having home field advantage with the lack of fans this year. So I wouldn't think they'd play down here again as a double digit favorite. You run into this thing too if they get up, you know, back into the eight, nine essentially is a double digit favorite. Man, it gets tricky there at the end where they don't care if they cover, so it gets tough, you know. But you just got to roll with your numbers on it. I'm pretty much on market, I don't know what to do with this one a ton, but uh, you know, maybe Green Bay first half or Green Bay first half over. I would think they'd want to just come out, get this game over with, and cruise. It's kind of be the rest of their games here. They have some easy – you can say what you want about Minnesota. They're not a playoff team. Like, that, I consider that a – you know, that was kind of a weird blip. They have they have had a few weird blips this year. I like where they're at right now. And, you know, somebody did ask me about the MVP markets earlier. And I agree with you. Like, Rodgers should win it, but he probably won't. It's such a – it's just a media thing. Like, you can't – you can't just take these stats. Like none of these people that are voting on, on uh, the MVP award are looking at the defenses. You know what their EPA ranking is. It's, right. Remember, yeah, it's like baseball. The win loss record actually matters. But yeah. But um, in, in terms of the number one seed, I don't know who actually has the tiebreaker, but I know in my sim- my simulations know though. Um, I have Green Bay fifty one percent to get that number one seed. 33 point and change for New Orleans, 11% for the Rams and 4.7% for Seattle. Yeah. I think we're even more, I think, I think I'm even more spread out on that just because New Orleans, there's not, there's actually a chance that Taysom Hill still plays against the chiefs, right? Which um, would, would, would significantly reduce their odds. And then um, I'm assuming he does. I'm assuming breeze isn't back. Really? Okay. I don't Um, think. Yeah. I, I, Personally, if I'm the Saints, I don't bring him back. Like I don't bring him back. I don't want to bring him back early. You're not going to win that game anyway, probably. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And and the the hard part is, um, you know, L. A. L. A. is a pretty good team, but they have to go to Seattle, um, which I don't think will be trivial for them. Um, whereas Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay has a tough game next week against Tennessee. That's basically their only real test until the until the playoffs. 
Um, so maybe, you know, maybe there's an angle here and a look ahead spot for them against Carolina, who's kind of a lowly team, but the Panthers have gone into Arrowhead and given the chiefs a game. Uh, they gave Minnesota a game who Minnesota's not great, but they're not terrible either. And then, you know, um, the, Carolina's competitive. I think that's really the, the hardest part about this game is that Carolina is not a team that lays down really. So how much of that is like, how much of that do you think is like sort of real versus sort of, I mean, versus just what's happened so far. Like, like this team hasn't gotten blown out. This team plays all close games. Right. You know, and then suddenly they get blown out or they, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's such a small sample size game. I, I would say though, that like, you know, you can try to quantify it. For example, we have like coaching rankings, right. And like one of our offensive coordinators, that's either a top or top five is Joe Brady. Right. And, and that's, you know, like there's to me, there's some level of like, OK, you take a quarterback who's OK, you take a great offensive coordinator. And then the sum of the parts is probably more than the the average between OK and good. Right. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And that's kind of what we've seen with Carolina um, against a bad defense like Green Bay. Like those conditions are probably prime for Carolina, not just putting up like three points, you know, um, which is which I think is like the only way you probably are comfortable with Green Bay minus the points. Yeah. Right. Should we uh, let's move on? What have we got next? We've got uh, Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. I think the the Texans are just done and dusted, aren't they? I mean, it looked like they just had enough at the weekend. I think. Um, other, on the other side of that, I guess the Colts have, have looked pretty decent. Maybe flown under the radar a little bit. The the market was quick to take a seven here on the home team. Now up to seven and a half. Total has dropped a bit, fifty two to fifty one. Um, is this one for you, Andy? Are you, are you getting involved in this? What do you make of these numbers? I make it. I make it a seven. It sounds like uh, Houston might get a receiver back. That would be helpful. They look awful bad. I mean, you can have the best uh, best quarterback in the league, and at times Watson definitely a top five guy. But the way this team plays, with I mean, how many quarter, how many receivers are they missing? You know, you you waived one. You had one for suspension, couple for injury. All of a sudden, you have Kiki Kuti with a. <laughs> and he he was fighting a knee injury during the week, and he's your number one guy. God bless him. He had a good, he had a decent game for fantasy purposes, I suppose. If you had to put somebody like that in, but yeah, not a big interest here. If I had to play a side, it would probably be Indy. If there's a cheap seven, still, I'm not not looking like you can get anything real cheap. It's starting to move towards the seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not huge on Indy. I haven't been at it really any point in the year. You know their defense was overrated, then underrated, and I'm, God, I, I don't know how much. Yeah, now now it's just rated. So it depends how much. This game might just depend on Houston's motivation level. Like if they just go out there and play like they don't care anymore. And again, players don't tank, players don't quit. But at the same time, it's hard to get up for a road divisional game like this against a good team when your season is essentially over. Well, Eric, I was going to ask you, I know you like Deshaun and kind of whenever he's in the game, they, they, they could get the points. But do you think we get into that point of the season where they've got to be safe, look after the talent? I know Andy says they're not, not exactly going to tank, but it could change the way they play the game. What, what do you think? Yeah, this one's tough because if, 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 I, if I thought both teams were completely motivated here, I would go Houston just because I think Watson's the best player on the field. Um, the, the problem is, is you know why you know they don't have any wide receivers they they might get they might get cooks back right and, i mean is that that that's one of the thoughts there and then qt's been fine whenever he's played 
um, and the tight ends are okay, but they can't protect anybody. And you look at Indianapolis, they have some horses up front. So I'm probably just laying off this game, uh, even though in sort of like if this game was played four weeks earlier, I'm probably taking Houston. Well, I'm pretending it's played four weeks earlier. I'm taking Houston here. I mean, <laughs> this is this is one of the larger turnover uh, like luck discrepancies too. I mean, so Houston, the last what? I mean, basically every game except um, which was it the um, except the Thanksgiving game where they like absolutely yeah, yeah. they got all their turnovers. Like that game, literally, um, what they were like plus plus eleven points in turnover EPA. Um, you take that game out, they're negative 42 points on the year in turnover EPA and Indianapolis is plus 41. That's, that's so basically overall they're separated by more than 70 points in turnovers. Like that's, I mean, you, you can make all the arguments you want about like fumbles being predictive. And I mean, well, interceptions are, you know, a little more predictive, but you know, I, I don't think Deshaun Watson, I expect to be a high interception um, or like, be, you know, a guy that's giving up a ton of points off of, you know, turnovers, but um, what it's 20 points in terms of fumble luck separating the two teams. Um, so, you know, do no special teams and then 12 and then that's that's just defensive ones, 12 on, on special teams fumbles. Like so again, um, yes, you're right. Like Houston might not, you know, they might mail it in. I mean, they're. I, I would think that, I mean, Romeo Cornell seems like a likable enough guy. And I feel like they're, you know, he's been there for what, three years now, four years, I guess. Um, my guess is the team isn't just going to, like, they know that they're, they're, they want to play well for him. Um, again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know the psychology of it, but I do understand the sort of the, the thought that, well, maybe they, they won't, maybe they're, maybe they're mailing it in, maybe, you know, but I mean, cause I guess, Normally, I mean, I would say that I don't know, so I'm not going to factor it in. But it's it's a sort of one sided risk, right? It's it, it's um, I can't benefit from it. I can only get hurt from it. Um, but yeah. I'm on Houston. Is that true? That I mean, Thanksgiving reduced. wasn't that long ago. That offense looked yeah. like amazing for. Well, for isn't isn't that done for me lately? Isn't that isn't that a little bit? I mean, you could benefit from it because if everybody else is buying into the idea that they're that they're tanking, right? Like, and you don't. I yes, guess. for for sure. I guess I, I I meant just given my numbers in the market numbers. Sure, sure. Like just betting that discrepancy. But yes, you, I, maybe that's the reason that the number is where it is. Yeah, I I, I get you there. I mean, I, yeah, I was on – so I didn't say that. I was on Houston against Chicago because I thought that that number was too short. And I – like, and again, Chicago actually – you know, Chicago has some – you know, does some things similarly to Indianapolis in a lot of ways. Like, that 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 was – that would be my, like, first, you know, initial recoil. But football is so weird week to week, right? Like, they, they could have looked disinterested last week and then look inspired this week. That's probably why it is, to Rufus's point, like, probably more noise than anything. I, I've tried to look into all this stuff. And I mean, you can, you can find stuff the last like week and, and sometimes week 16, like some marginal stuff um, there, but you know, go, you go further back and, and I feel like I just need, I need better indicators of my data to say, Oh, you know, interim coach like tag, or um, I don't know. I feel like there's so many qualifiers. It's like trying to find letdown spots and, and, you know, look ahead. Yeah let down spots and teams coming off of like brutal heartbreaking losses and stuff like that. Like, I feel like just 
the data I have does, isn't enough to really diagnose any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's move along to Minnesota Vikings at Chicago Bears, and, and Minnesota are up at three and a half point favorites here. Uh, that's where they started. They're they're still there, 60, 60, 46 and a half on the on the total. Uh, it's actually ticked up to forty seven. Sorry. Um, weird seasons, I guess, for these two. Chicago started well, fortunately, very fortunately. Um, Minnesota kind of the opposite, a bit of a recovery now is not really a a great deal to to play for and the, the season's not going to go much further than the, the regular season anyway. Um, maybe an interesting matchup, Rufus. I'll, I'll let you kick us off with this one. What do you think? Is Minnesota out of it? I have to literally look. Yeah, I guess, what, 22% I have them. Their playoff has 22%. Yeah. Chicago, 20%. Like, basically, yeah. Um, I So I make this number 2.1, and I actually have a slight – I mean, it, I haven't played um, any totals yet, but um, if anything, I mean, I, I make the total only 43 there, so I show some some undervalue. But I don't have anything intelligent to say about the game now. Eric, I think was it you on Twitter? I saw that it laid off um, the the Vikings. Is that is this one week where it could worry you again? Could it turn that around, or do you think you're safe and and this one maybe is is a stretch too far for them as well? Uh, I so I a couple weeks ago I I said that Vikings not to make the playoffs at like minus two fifty or something two seventy was a what had some value. I had it more like minus three thirty or something. And, you know, then they went at home against Jacksonville in overtime and everybody was like, you look like an idiot. And I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, and and now I think, what is it like minus 400 or something like that? Minus. And it, I I think that this Vikings team is like and Rufus, you, you know, I think you push back and I think rightfully so a number of times this year. I don't think that they're terrible. Um and I think that they could they could handle Chicago here. It's just like when they step up in class, it's just you know it's it sticks out like a sore thumb how many loose 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 ends they have. You know, kicking game, pressure against the quarterback, like all that kind of stuff. It just it looks bad. Like, is Chicago the team that'll like sort of um, you know expose those? I don't think so. I actually, if anything, would would lay the points with Minnesota here. But I'm probably going to stay away just because you know until it maybe gets to like a flat three, if it ever does. You're not a Trubisky truther. I'm not. I mean, we we have to learn our lessons about Mitch, right? Like last year, he had like a brilliant Thursday night game against Dallas, right? And then everybody was like, "Oh wait, you guys buried him too quickly." And then he had a great week one against Detroit, you know, this year, and you know, he had a great week whatever against Detroit last week until he didn't. And you know, it, it's you know, you just it's the same thing. It's like you just it, you so it, it inconsistently inaccurate, right? And and you just can't win with that. Um, I do. I think the Vikings probably win this one and make it a little bit interesting in the NFC. I care about winners, and all I know is that Mitch Trubisky has a better win-loss percentage <laughs> in his right. career than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Watson. Probably Kirk Cousins too, frankly. Yeah, you know, did they, did they make a mistake drafting Trubisky over Watson? My God, that would have been a. That's just they're never going to let that die. I just I mean, think they made a mistake by benching him for Foles, though. Oh, com- yeah. I completely agree with that. Like, what do you gain? Yeah. That that felt like one of those things where you know, like the the quarterback or the running back you trade for, you force him into the offense, or with Gettleman forcing Sackwan on the offense. You know, basically coming down from whoever. Oh, we 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 drafted this guy. We have to use him. It felt like we traded assets for this guy. Like the the fact that they traded for him 
with Jameis and Cam and other people just out there in the free agent market. The fact that you traded for him, I felt like maybe forced their hand a little. Yeah, he wasn't good. Mitch isn't good. The play calling isn't good. Allen Robinson is good. And they might have a couple of decent tight ends. And against a bad secondary, they they might be able to move. But this Bears team has been so up and down for me. And the, the same with Minnesota. You can say what you want about the Bears defense. It has been good at times. I don't know how they'll they'll perform here on the road. I make it I make it value on the Bears as well, but I probably will avoid this. I, I don't like betting against uh, Minnesota right now. Just their offense is good. It, it can move. It, you know the Tampa Bay defense stymied them at times, but I feel like they have outside of who, who's your guy, who's your leak, uh, Murphy Bunting. Yeah, he was brutal. And outside of him, outside of him, he was fine. You know, it, yeah. it was, I think they did a fine job at times, especially once they get down closer to the goal. So, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with Rufus, too, probably a slightly into the under here. All right, well, our next one I think will be pretty interesting. Seattle Seahawks at Washington football team, and the Green Bay one might have been a little bit high from the traders. I think the Seattle one might have been a, a little bit low in this, and minus four initially, quickly out to, to minus five and a half, now pretty evenly split. Um no surprise to see most of the action on the handicap. I think there's been a little bit of money on the under um, 46 and a half. Uh, I think it was 45 and a half. I'm guessing one, two, or maybe all three of you got in early on Seattle or, or maybe someone's going to stake their claim and suggest the other side is the, is the play for this one. Who wants to, who wants to take the floor? I bet Seattle. I got a four. That was a that was a Sunday grab. That was a, a number we just couldn't quite make. Let me pull up my power numbers on that one. I think that was something I ran even without, yeah, even without adjustments. That number's a bit off. I, I don't care about the Alex Smith thing, I guess. I'm not sure what the extent of that. They said the, the uh, x-rays were, what, non, it wasn't like something long-term bad with the yeah, whatever they expected saw. to Stru- play it yeah, like. structurally but they said maybe a calf injury so it's not like it's not like he's young alex smith and he's super mobile anyway so if the calf injury hampers him even better you know, this is a big step up in class i can't i couldn't make it four with my numbers even with some upgrades in washington and this is like over the last three weeks this is a top five defense like the, the way they've played they're everything they're doing. Drew just made a nice little chart on that as far as even run and pass EPA versus it's it's electric what they're doing. I do worry a little about Seattle against a pass rush that can absolutely get home. Not just, you know, the presumptive defensive rookie of the year, but Sweat, Bostic picking up all the slack all over the field. They have a lot of good pieces. This could be a scary defense if they add some more. Um, the offense doesn't scare me a ton. I don't know with Gibson if that turf does continue to hamper him, but uh, Seattle should be able to, it's not going to be a track meet, but Seattle will score on this defense regardless of the pressure. I think, uh, I think four was a gift and I'm, I'm not betting it at six. Certainly. It was a a grimace there. I think Rufus at the, the intro into this game, is it, is it Washington Uh, that makes sense to you? No, you know, neither side. I mean, I make it five and a half, so uh, I don't have a play, but no, sweat. Like, did you see sweat against the Steelers when Roethlisberger threw it right? Like, literally, it was like a wall. He couldn't get it by sweat. It, it was, but I, I, the Redskins. I mean, the, excuse me, the Washington Football Team, um, which is my team, um, has made me think a little bit about, like, you know, I mean, so Jack Del Rio, a defensive coordinator, has obviously sort of turned that defense around, and they have mostly the same personnel they did a year ago. 
I mean, you, you obviously add Chase Young, but I mean, they have, they have the core of the defense they have now. And you have like terrible defensive coordinators for like years in Washington. They get someone who's got a track record of being a pretty, pretty good defensive coordinator. I mean, he's, he's not quite Wade Phillips level, but um, you know, being, but, but he can turn around a defense and it's, I, I do wonder like how much, when you have a new coach, um, how much you sort of, especially with the lack of off season prep, like training time, just not just this year, but in general, now you don't have the same amount of practice time, how much you sort of see the team improve throughout the year. If that coach is good. I mean, like you're seeing potentially on the offensive side with like Cleveland and Stefanski. I mean, you're seeing Baker Mayfield progress. Um, but I think even more for a defense where it really is about cohesion and playing as a unit rather than the individual, um, the, the individual talent. The other thing that you have in Washington is the coach was, was going through like chemotherapy for the first half of the season. So like, you know, and as far as like preparation is concerned, like they were probably unable to do it as well uh, as they normally, as they normally would. So that, that is also something to sort of, uh, I think, think about, um, uh, you know, another thing when you look at this team and it is, I didn't bet this game. I, I was a little bit concerned about Alex Smith and here's, and it's silly to say like Alex Smith is the difference here, but this season Smith has thrown a negatively graded, has had a negatively graded play on less than 10% of his dropbacks. Uh, Dwayne Hatter, what are his positive numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, so that's second best in the league. He's worse at positive graded plays. Dwayne Haskins is, is over 20% of his plays are negatively graded. We saw what happened in the second half of that game. He, when you like can't hit receivers, like you can't hit open receivers, you can't play offense. And in fact, like you're, you know, he almost threw the game away with an interception to Jimmy Ward at the end of the game. So uh, if, if Haskins plays, I, I think this should be a touchdown spread to be honest with you. Um, and despite like the, the, the relatively low prior that is Alex Smith. We, ju- we jumped on him so hard because that first game was against – he came in cold versus Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Like, what are you going to do? The guy was going to get wrecked that day. And he, yeah. he has become like – he's probably median quarterback. I mean, he's the Alex Smith we, we always thought he was. Yes. Check down Charlie. He's back. And, and he's – and the, the crazy thing about it, like, again, quarterback wins are not really a stat, but he's won 66% of his games in Kansas City – uh, one year of which they didn't even have a wide receiver score a touchdown. Part of that, him, that's his fault. But then he in Washington, he was what six and three with a relatively bad team two years ago. And now what's his record as a start? Like three and one, four and one. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, and obviously it's probably not sustainable, but it is funny. Like all that team needed was a guy literally not to throw it to the other team all the time. He's a great motivator of the defense. I think that's, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Andy said they're kind of arguably a, a top five defense for, for Washington. And Eric, I get a question for you. If we rewind to the, the early part of the season, the Seahawks were scoring sort of 30 points on everyone. Russell Wilson was in the, the MVP conversation. What What's happened there? Where's, where's the drop-off come from, do you think? I think some of it's variance, right? Some of it is the is in the early parts of the season is turnover-worthy plays where you know, were few, but then they also weren't capitalized on by the other team. Um, he's He has more turnover-worthy plays this year. I think he's actually in the top 10 in producing them. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that's something. And then teams are capitalizing on it. And I also think, like, the success that they had on that Thursday night game against Arizona running the football has been to their detriment a little bit. Like, I think that they're reverting a little bit to 
um, you know, the run, run, pass formulation that they that they thought was successful for the last two years. And obviously, uh, we all know that that's not the optimal way to play football. Yeah. All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the, the New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. Um, we got Miami. They've dropped off the three here down to minus two and a half, and it's a, it's a pretty low total at 41 and a half. I think it opened maybe a touch higher. We we mentioned at the top of the show that Miami was involved in, in one of those weird games against the Chiefs where the Chiefs kind of looked comfortable after a, a shaky start. Miami back into it in the end, and obviously the, the Chiefs go and get the win as they, they seem to do. New England had probably the most New England couple of weeks that, that we've come to sort of expect from them. What was it? 45 to nothing one week to a, a 24 to three loss the next week sums them up pretty, pretty nicely, I think. Um, do you ever know what you're going to get with, with New England, Andy? Can you get involved with them in games like this or, or do you have to just stay away? Yeah, it sucks. All the all the games where I stay away from the other team, I should back New England. Like I made a, a big to-do about how I wasn't going to back the Chargers against them because like I just it's not a spot where I can do it with coaching mismatch and I stay away from a 45 nothing win but uh yeah Miami the injuries there are kind of troubling because I don't I don't think Tua's it man what was Eric's encouraging like Tua's had some <laughs> encouraging things but he's had a ton of plays where it's like I don't know if he's quite ready for the big time yet I was big on him in college I liked a lot of it but the guy's coming off a massive hip injury into a, a system here, into you know, and into an NFL system, you know, in the middle of the season, and now we have what uh, Gasecki was a shoulder, and then Devonte Parker sounding bad. Jakeem Grant was hurt during the game. If they're going to be down some wide receivers here, I I can't get excited about Miami, uh, even if my numbers do make it. I'm, I'm a little off market. Like I, I'd make it Miami minus three or so, but that with that said, that's with a full you know, a full plate of receivers. So I'm probably off this one. The total is dropping. And yeah, like I just said, Miami might not have a bunch of receivers and a quarterback who's kind of iffy at times. So I'm fine with the total dropping. I, I guess I agree with that. I'm not betting it now. So I'm probably off this one. It's it's late in the year. I'm not making nearly as many bets. It's, it's, it's a scary time of year. It's time to, it's time to bet basketball. What about you, Rufus? How are you feeling about this one? So uh, this is this is my favorite bet of the week. I like New England. I think New England should actually be favored here. I mean, Miami has been crazy lucky this season. Um, I mean, their their defense is generating an like an unreal amount of turnovers and points off those turnovers that just just frankly isn't sustainable. Um, they are, let's see, what they were, but they're plus forty points on turnovers this season, plus seventeen on turnover EPA just last week. I have them on a per play basis below average on both rushing yards per play and passing yards per play on both offense and defense. They've been efficient. Like, I mean, the turnovers have helped. They've been sort of been able, they've been efficient with their scoring opportunities um, and, and vice versa limiting teams. Um, but I just don't think they're that good. And I think they're worse with Tua than, than Fitz magic and new England is, you know, they've, we've seen sort of, the good and the bad out of new England. I don't know how much to make of, of the San Francisco and Denver games when they were on post COVID recovery. I mean, like the Ravens maybe are, I mean, look, do you see the Ravens defense yesterday? I mean, I think, I, I think when, when 
when a team gets hit with COVID, I think it maybe takes some time to really get back to full strength. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor. My fiance is though. Uh, and so I, I mean, I'm, I guess I've been, I've been high in new England at times this season and also low on them at times. I feel like I'm zigging when other people are zagging on them and I, I, here they're coming off of a really bad game and um, I'm buying. Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Right. As, as somebody who had a, uh, a New England ticket last Thursday for, I, I don't think Goff's a rookie quarterback, but I consider him like rookie-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I thought that that was the angle. And frankly, I don't think Goff played well enough for that to be the reason that the Rams covered. But, you know, the, New England's interesting, right? Because they don't trust Cam. It's really funny because Cam hasn't played. I mean, he hasn't played well, but he hasn't been awful. You know, he hasn't. Um, you know, he, he has less than 3% of his passes are turnover worthy, which people I don't think realize given that he has more interceptions and touchdowns. He's, he's limited negative plays in the passing game. Um, you know, bird and Jacoby Myers are fairly solid players. Um, I, I'm inclined to like Miami if they have their weapons, but if they don't have their weapons, then now you're talking about Tua who, gosh, I don't know. Like I just. I don't know if Tua is the right fit for the kind of weapons that the Miami Dolphins have. Like, that's why you've seen a lot out of Gesicki over the middle of the field. That's where he likes to throw the football. Now he's hurt. Um, it, it's going to be a little bit tougher. New England's defense isn't great. I don't think they're going to put a ton of pressure on him, um, which might be to his benefit. But I think for now, uh, I can see both. Si- I can see the, the New England side fairly clearly. Um, but I do think Miami has... Uh, some advantages weirdly in sort of the the scheme and you know obviously defensively I don't think it's just the turnovers I do think that they can cover really well and I don't know if New England has necessarily the horses to really press them the way that Kansas City was last week I think before next season we're gonna have to put some definitions in place for what actually qualifies someone as encouraging right (laughs) yeah I mean look I mean look at look at Herbert though I mean what what has happened to her like Herbert is had like, would you would you bet on Herbert now? I mean, looking at Tua, like, I don't see. I mean, you you look at him, you're like, well, what makes this guy a actual pro prospect? He doesn't have his arm strength is like. I mean, I guess you know it's been hurt coming off the hip injury a little bit, but I mean, his he the balls float like he does not throw a yeah a, he he doesn't have a zip on the ball and I don't know. I mean, I, Herbert Herbert has the measurables, but I think. I tend to think measurables are overvalued by the system. I mean, what two is, how tall is Tua? He's not that tall either. He's like a six, one, six, two, maybe. I I mean, I think that's a lie. That's like a, you know, I don't know. But but you I'm look historically at I'm betting on the height of Kyler for the for the. <laughs> did, did you take the under? I took the I took that he's under six foot or whatever it was, and, the, and they measure or under five ten. I think it was, and they said, "Oh, he's five ten and a quarter." But horse. But don't you think? I mean, don't you think what we're seeing from Herbert and Tua is kind of, in the sense of like, I mean, Herbert is not very good technically. I mean, he he's he's producing a lot of like really bad plays but because he has so much talent he's producing a lot of plus plays and we're sort of mesmerized by those but when you add them up um you know you're like you're still not you're getting a quarterback who his passer rating when clean is like 94 this year which is like way below league average and but at the same time like obviously the wow plays keep us tantalized by it right um 
Tua at the same time, like Tua is is what he's like kind of a Drew Brees like quarterback where he doesn't have a great arm. It, it, for him, he's going to succeed in the NFL based upon processing. And right now, like he hasn't had his full complement of receivers in literally any game he started. Um, you know, and and it's a tough game, right? Like he, you know, he's still on what start number five or or, or six, and you know, they, I think that that's like that's where he's a pro prospect. He's a pro prospect in the sense that there have been plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL before that have succeeded with similarly, uh, you know, bad arms, but have processed the process really well. And he processed that really well when he was at Alabama. And the and the projection is that he'll eventually do that. At the pros. Yeah, that's a fair point. By the way, Tua, his QBR or not Tua, Justin Herbert's QBR this season is sixty six point six. That's pretty good. That's yeah. I, yeah. I, I I expected it to be like below league average or something, but yeah, he he's been a weird case because he's he's made he's made just enough high leverage plays to get the Chargers in a position to lose. You know, on the other side of the coin, like you know where he'll give his defense a lead with like two minutes left, and then the predictable thing happens. Right, let's uh, let's get on to our next one. What we've got we've got Jacksonville Jaguars at Baltimore Ravens and a, a double digit handicap when this one with Baltimore up at, at minus fourteen. The total's forty six and a half. I'm guessing we're just gonna see a bulk of that made up by the the home team. Um not many people are gonna watch wanna watch anything with Jacksonville in, I think, but they'll be glad they watch Baltimore against Cleveland. Gotta be game of the season, I think. Um but Interestingly, I think from that one, there was a lot of rushing from Lamar and we kind of talked earlier on in the season, the fact that that was kind of missing from Baltimore. And it's interesting maybe to think about how, how important that can be and how much they can take advantage of it. Eric, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think Lamar Lamar looked, to Rufus's point about COVID, like I think Lamar looked spry last night, like for the first time, probably since, you know, early in the season, like let's say the Kansas City game, he looked he looked like his knees were healthy and he looked, he didn't look like tired the way he kind of did uh, against Dallas. So, um, you know, that, that offense was scary when he had the football. Now they don't have good receivers and they, a lot of drops and stuff. So they, they were sort of limited in what they could do. But um, when he was, when he was outside the pocket and then those running backs are all explosive. So I, I don't know, where do you guys think of about the Ravens in the AFC? Are they like it, it's Kansas city, Maybe Buffalo, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. I mean, is, is are the Ravens in that conversation in that second tier behind the Chiefs? Oh, one hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I. Kansas I, City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee. Yeah, that's my order. Buffalo, after that. Okay, so you have Buffalo after. I can see, but I can see differences of opinion on Buffalo for sure because of the high volatility that is Josh Allen and their defense yeah. kind of they're getting more healthy on defense right at least yeah. that's what people tell me the the ravens the ravens defense the ravens are like a a very weak link fragile team right their offense last year had the highest wins above replacement on the offensive line of any team in the league by a lot they lost three guys this year um, their wide receivers did not progress the way they wanted them to and that they were missing tight ends. So like on, on offense, they're kind of like a defense in that they don't concentrate all the bets on one player the way that like the quarterback central teams do. And so they're more fragile to things like injuries and COVID and stuff. But then at the same time, like if all those bets hit, then it's a pretty hard offense to beat. And, and, and I think, you know, that's about, you know, that's how you have to win in the playoffs anyway, right? Like you have to catch a catch a good run of games and i think baltimore aside from kansas city is probably as capable of doing that in that conference as anybody yeah 
I'm with you. Yeah, I have them. Up, I have them up there as well. Especially if this is what you're going to get off the. It was tough to tell with you know the last couple of weeks with how they played. Like, are these people still having the remnants of some COVID symptoms? They're missing pieces all over the place. Obviously, the game, the one game, they're missing a ton of pieces everywhere. This is a team that you know should be competing with the top teams. Maybe not you know the Kansas Cities, but that next tier, they're right in that mix. And if Lamar can play like that, yeah, I mean, that's what we were missing from the team from last year where it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want against these lower level receivers. And if, if he's just going to be able to scoot for 50 scoot, that's funny because he had the scoots. Maybe <laughs> we don't know. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah. Uh, could you have, I mean, you, you don't you run, run that fast when you got, when you got a scoot. Could you, could you write that script though? When McSorley went down, McSorley gets hurt. It's fourth down, and it's like a WWF thing where he comes out of the oh, Lamar, yeah. that's his music. <laughs> it was such a good game. But I if, thought, imagine if Baltimore was home, imagine what that would have been like. Yeah. Oh my but God. Then, then again, if he was home, I mean, honestly, they wouldn't have been in that situation because I mean, the home toilet advantage is real. Let me tell you, it's closer. I, yeah, that, I that, that, was, that was something. Crazy. And then that play, the, the play where it's like, oh, he's going to run for it. And then you saw him go over the top. I mean, he threw across his body. Kind that was of ballsy. He, he, he had the first ballsy. down running it. Think about really the emotional good. turmoil that that a that a Cleveland plus three batter had oh. last night. Because basically, what you're hoping for is Hollywood Brown to get tackled by the ankles, right? And then three timeouts and kick a field goal, go up two, right? And then you're home safe. And then. Baker gives you a nice little drive uh, and then you're hoping the extra point doesn't go in by Parky, by the way. And then, you know, all this kind of like, it was literally the worst, all the bad things that could have happened to a Cleveland better happened. I was a Baltimore minus one better, which was, well, that's man, that. Yeah. I, so actually I don't, I, I lost the ability to be like, yeah, I got the best of it. Cause now everybody got the really, yeah, there's really no telling with that game. Yeah, that that was the thing that people had, you know, Cleveland Cleveland plus three was like just basically piling on at the end, right? Like that that number was right near Pickham basically all beforehand. So if you lay the three with, with Baltimore and you and you and you got it, there's like no honor in that, is there? Right, I'll get us on to our next one. We've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons, and another one kind of movement-wise, we've, we've seen a fair bit on this, put up at minus four. Um, this time, the early betters have pushed it out to Tampa Bay, minus six on the road. Um, Tuck was up at 51 and a half, down to 50 and a half. And it's, I guess for Tampa Bay, it's kind of been a couple of poor showings this season. Um, and it's it's really what, what's cost them. And they've got, I think they've played the Saints twice, that they've lost to the Chiefs as well. But it's more the, the kind of winnable games, I think, that they've had that they've lost out that's kind of been most disappointing. Um, Atalanta, Atlanta have just been pretty terrible. I think the only thing of note for them is that they've they've thrown away a couple of games that they should have really won. Um, Rufus, is there is there anything in this that, that interests you? Honestly, I thought the original number was correct. Four. Atlanta is, you know, it feels like they should be quite terrible. Just it, it feels like they should be, like, it feels like they're a worse team than they actually are. You know, I, I hate betting on them. Um, I haven't bet on them much. I haven't bet against them much either this season. But it feels to me, it just somehow feels like they're a lot worse a team than they are. They're like, they're below average. I rate them 1.3 points worse than the average team, which is not like, you know, that's yeah. not that bad. I'm um, actually with you, Ruth. I, I have I have them as even less than that. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Are there, 
they they just they find they're actually like the NFC's version of the the Chargers, aren't they? Except they're better than the Chargers. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I think perception wise, though. Perception wise, I think I have them rated like like the Raiders, like maybe a, a half a point better than the Raiders, basically. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Tampa, like you know, Tampa, it, it's they're still like a they still rate pretty high, but. The thought when I saw them, they were they. Were, I don't know if they're still in my top five. They were for for quite a while. But the thought that Tampa is one of the top teams in the league makes me think, or they were, I guess. Yeah, they're not anymore. They're number nine in my ratings now. But but makes me kind of like, well, you know, just give it to the Chiefs at this point. It just feels like I mean, when you you see Tampa play, like they they've had some horrendous games, and it just feels like they don't have the firepower to sort of stick with the. With, with the top teams in the league, but they don't have to do that this particular game. Um, you know, I, I pro- so yeah, I, I like Atlanta plus six um, a little. I mean, I'm not playing it there. If it gets to a little higher, I will probably. And also it'll, it also will depend on the number I'm getting. You know, I, I we don't talk much about this, but you know, I make it three point, I make it 3.8. I'm not gonna play it at plus six, like especially later in the week, but if you know the market's plus five and a half, and I can get plus six, and I lean that way, then yes, I'll play it. So I think a lot of it comes down to that whether I'll be on that side or not. Andy, what do you think the the right number is here? Are you involved in this one? Uh, yeah, I'm a little. I'm I'm not like bullish. I don't think I'm bullish on uh, Tampa compared to Rufus. I think I'm lower on Atlanta, and yeah, their their defense has played up a little. Uh, it's going to be a little more of a test this week, but I'm closer to the current number. I don't have a ton of interest in this one. I think I might just be stuck with like three games. I bet this week it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a and what, I think one might be set now. It's all Sunday, so I was going to say it's it's. Uh, there's somebody you talked to too, Rufus, that said like he said don't bet the NFL anymore. The the price is where it's supposed to be. Just buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> like I, yeah. I might be getting, I might be getting closer to that, but I, I did take some early numbers yet this week, and this was not one of them. Uh, has this number, has the total come down? I think this, we... a little bit. I guess that's probably pretty close to where it should be. I didn't, uh, I didn't get too involved in totals yet, except for uh, maybe an injury one. The the Falcons are like a sneaky under team, though, aren't they? Like they, yeah. they, they play. <laughs> This is like this is the only pushback I have to Rufus's point about the Atlanta because I'm I'm with him there. I have I have the Bucks 3.8 points better than the average team. I have Atlanta about a half a point worse than the average team. Um, my only pushback is like the Atlanta Atlanta's coaching is is egregious. Like it, it's for it they the 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 amount of love that they've given to Todd Gurley and then Brian Hill, who's his backup, is even worse, and they give him a ton of run. Um, it, it just they they have Matt Ryan, they have at times Julio Jones, and they just don't use those guys. I think if they did, if they optimally use their their um, you know their players, I think that they would have a shot to win this game because um, I think Tampa is. I, I agree with you. If I want, if Tampa Bay represents the second tier of the NFL, you might as well just bet the Chiefs against the field because they, they're they're just a very uninspiring team right now. They have a ton of they have some leaks on defense. Um, and on offense, like, you know, Brady, Brady is Brady was great the other day. He also faced pressure on three of his dropbacks. 
the whole game because Minnesota can't rush the passer um, against like a real team. Like that's just simply not going to happen. And we, we might see Brady look his age. Right. Well, the, the net, um, I've got one eye on the clock, but the next couple of games, it's, I'm not going to do the, the NFC East chat to death, but we've got the 49ers at the Cowboys and the Eagles at the Cardinals. Is there, is there anything out of these two games that interests any of you guys? I don't think there's there's much confidence from the market in either of the, the NFC East teams. I think the Cowboys went from a pick to, to a plus three. Um, Arizona against uh, Philly were, were minus five and a half, now six and a half. Anyone on the other side of that and think the NFC East teams are, are worth it this, this week? Eventually, I suppose it keeps getting bet out. I did grab San Fran at one minus oh five on the way up. I couldn't even with Debo out forever. I can't make it that close. Like it, it's the, still. You the, beat the, me. I got one and a half minus one oh eight. Yeah. Is this Rufus on your podcast? You talked about with Josh about matchups, right? And I thought it was a great discussion about like you take the power number, right? Which you know is sort of the baseline, obviously, mm-hmm. but there are matchups that can really skew things. And I don't think San Francisco is a great football team by any stretch of the imagination, but they they run the football in a very explosive way, in a way that uniquely hurts Dallas, right? Much in the same way that we saw Baltimore on that, like, I can't remember if it was a Wednesday or Tuesday game or whatever. But, like, this one, I think that that's the, the, what you can attribute the line movement to is the fact that Dallas and San Francisco are probably more equally yoked if you just look at the flat power numbers. But the Niners on offense, I do think, like, will uniquely challenge Dallas. And – and, and that's why I I, I, I think the, the movement makes sense. Yeah, me too. I took minus 108, and I make it over four, true price. Yeah. Did anybody I, take Arizona? I I actually think – I took that over. Did you upgrade Did you upgrade Arizona after last week's game? Did I? Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, because their game grade was, was positive, but not super positive. They were what? Let's see. Uh, number they were a yeah they were the 12th best out of 32 teams so yeah I guess they kind of they kind of got more efficient as the game went on but like they were very clunky last week right against against the Giants the Giants kind of handed them the game and, and they they really didn't want they really didn't take control of it until you know the second half despite you know how I don't know like that that would be my one worry the other thing is the Eagles really did um, put good pressure on Taysom Hill last week. And if they put similar pressure on um, Kyler Murray, it might be tough for the Cardinals to extend in this game. Um, but at the same time, I think the same thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts this week as I'll say about last week, like we need to, we need to make sure that, you know, we, we pump the brakes on a rookie quarterback yeah. because, you know, he was, he was good last week, but if you take away the running, it, it the passing game wasn't, it, it was it wasn't a disaster, which is a, a huge hurdle for the Eagles. But but relative to the rest of the league, it was still kind of you know kind of below what, what you'd expect. I I completely agree with that. You got to temper your enthusiasm, no matter how how well a, a, a rookie plays in their first start. It's just it is just so hard to come in. I mean, it's easier now than it was twenty years ago, but it's still really difficult to come into this league and be setting the world on fire um, in your first year in, in your first few starts of your first year. What do you what do you make that Philly number that the? I, I was hoping it would come in. I wanted to bet Arizona. I didn't give them an upgrade just because they played how they should have played, and they they faced a quarterback who you, you take away a big weapon of his. They should have won that game. I couldn't give them 
much of a bump, but at the same time, I guess I was I was surprised it opened this high, and then I look at my numbers, and it's like, shit, I'm I'm right on here. Drew talked me into the over on the opener because of all the issues for Philadelphia's defense. You know, Eric had a good point. The defense did play up. You can get some pass pressure, but they have a laundry list of injuries that occurred during that game. It almost, in the end, it almost cost them a a nice fun upset they had there because they they were dropping like flies and you're going to lose linebackers, coverage pieces. I think maybe even somebody along the front. And if that, uh, if that's the case, Arizona might just continue to win and, Sneak yeah. their way into the playoffs. They'd be a fun playoff fade. Yeah, I mean, by the way, I, I upgraded Arizona. It looks like zero point six points. But yeah. and I, and I took I took Arizona um, minus five and a half yesterday. But what was interesting with that with that Philadelphia New Orleans game is it was like a flashback to to two thousand um, well two thousand eighteen season two thousand nineteen in the playoffs. Just with uh, you know New Orleans was heavily favored. New Orleans was home in that game, but. New Orleans was heavily divisional round. That's right. right. That's right. That, that was the week of the that the, the the weekend. I don't really want to remember that. Well, yeah, the, the DraftKings weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was the game that that had all the yeah, and you know Philadelphia went out to a big lead, and I was like, yeah, well, it looks like it saved me some money, and uh, then no, uh, New Orleans came back to win. But it's the kind of thing that concerns me with the New Orleans team in general in terms of their upside. It feels like they just they don't have that sort of explosive ability. They don't have the, that a lot of the other top teams do. And it's like, if their defense isn't playing great, um, if the defense has a bad half there, they can be, they can suddenly be down double digits to like a pretty mediocre team. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have the upside on offense, even with breeze. It's really hard for them. They, they cross the street so many times on the way to the end zone that if like you get like a drop pass or, or a, a, a bad second down run or something, it's an issue. I you were what the one person in the entire world that bet the under in that in that New or- New Orleans Philly game, and 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 it ended up hitting after a, a, an inauspicious start. Was that the? Oh, in this the sports bet national championship. Yeah. No, so I would have taken. I, I wanted the under, and, and my business partner wanted the wanted the side and alternate point spread, and so we were going to do that. Like. Just hit, like I think we were gonna, we were going to be laying I think it was like minus three and a half or something at minus one eighty or because basically it was going to go all in with we didn't need a fifty fifty shot at that point so um, at least we didn't think. Gotcha. But, yeah, that was a, that was an that was an odd game to say the least, right? Yeah, if, if Lutz had made that field goal, I still would have been I somehow would have eked it out. Yeah. Right, I've got a uh, just a couple more games to get through that I want us to cover off. First one should be short and sweet. The, the New York Jets at the LA Rams. I think the Jets have got uh, 17 points to work with, 44 points on the total. Tell us why you're betting the Jets, Rufus. I have an announcement to make. You're laying the points with the Rams. I am not betting the Jets. Okay. Well. You, you were close. I make the number 17.3. I, and that's enough to stay away. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot else to say about this game. Um, what do you guys think about the Jets plus like 200 to win a game the rest of the year? Um, I can tell you right now. I ran my Sims this morning. Jets to win zero and a half games or more. Fifty-two point two percent to win a game this year. That, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know who 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 do they play? How's that possible? The Did they Rams, play Cincinnati or something? Um, no, 
they have Browns at home and Patriots on the road after this. Yeah, and I'm low on the I'm low on the Browns, and yeah, yeah. I I think that Patriots one sneaky. I think I think as uh, as Andy says, you know, players don't tank, but Bill could tank in Week 17. <laughs> the screw is like, out of it. If it's between the Jets getting the number one pick and the and the Jags out of division oh. getting the number one pick. I feel like he would tank that game. Oh, you are you are so right there. That is crafty. Right. He doesn't want to face yeah. Trevor Lawrence. No, of course he. Yeah, and he, that is that is the right move there, and and you know Bill would do it. Yeah, he almost he did it in the Monday night it. game. He almost, you know, he basically get you know, Cam Cam took him back from the dead. Yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. I think I think Andy's had enough. Any <laughs> any, any quick thoughts? I have that effect on people. Probably the biggest game of the weekend that we we haven't had time to sort of do any sort of proper analysis on. But the the Chiefs at the Saints, we're down to the flat flat three on the the Chiefs. Is there? I know Rufus, you've been fond of the Saints, but obviously some some quarterback uncertainty. It seems like Breeze isn't going to come back for this one, and they're they're going to play it safe again. Um, what, what do you think on this one? So I just assumed Breeze wasn't coming back when I saw that line. Yo, just Rolling in time, Andy. Nice quickie. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, Eric, the 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 Minnesota the Minnesota background there. Nice. Does he fall in the snow? Yeah, I'm literally outside. But yeah, we're back. What you're you're tough. Like you don't even have a jacket on. I'm impressed. He, he just didn't want to hear about the Jets winning another game or a, or, or a game. What's what's your percentage that Breeze plays a game before the playoffs? Because I said 50-50 that he, he's not back during the regular season. And Drew thought I was kind of crazy. In my sim, I literally just put 50% uh, week 16, 50% week 17. Very what? scientific. And then I brought it up and I said, my dad broke his ribs when he was in like his 20s. The guy was in good shape. And he was a baby for like six weeks. Like he couldn't breathe right for the first couple weeks. Breeze is a 41-year-old man. That's... That seems like a bad injury that they're kind of downplaying. If I'm the Saints, like, I want to wait till he's full strength because the only real chance they have of going far is having him be fully healthy and being able to, like, to actually – I mean, I don't know what the rust factor will be, but if he's limited, like, was it two postseasons ago or last or last postseason? I don't even remember. It feels like every year in January, Breeze is tired at the end of the year and they falter. Yeah. The other thing is – the other thing that's to note is that there's probably not a – ton of a difference between being the two and the three seed this year yeah um if they if they think that the the if they think the one seed is out of their reach then you know it's the difference between playing basically who it's the difference between you know arizona minnesota like it, it's not really like i don't think that they're really that afraid although minnesota's had their number before yeah, that's a good point it's home field a little bit but to that point there there isn't a there's diminishing returns compared to actually shooting for that one out considering instead of the two. Yep. Yeah. But I, I mean, I assume that that breeze isn't coming back like, cause I make the line three with Taysom Hill as the starter. What do you got? You guys same, same Z's. I have, um, I make, so it's, it's three, 2.4. I think I have I think I have some hybrid of Breeze and, and Taysom in there though. I have Taysom and I'm like three point two. 
yeah. I want I want a hybrid of Breeze and and Taysom. Yeah, that like Taysom's one running is, ability like, and Breeze's. Yeah, what it, that's like one of those uh, Instagram pictures where it has like Jameis's brain and fucking <laughs> uh, Taysom's legs and Drew Breeze's uh, arm. Jameis's well, brain. Taysom's still blackmail yeah. material. Let's uh, let's call it a day, guys. That's our. Is it most of our games for <clears throat> for game week fifteen? Even my voice is going now. Um, a big thanks to the guests for coming on today, Andy, Eric, and Rufus. Uh, a pleasure as always, and and thanks for sharing some of your your expert insight. And obviously, thanks to everyone for tuning in as well. Good luck with any bets for this weekend, and remember to always gamble responsibly.